Probably the last thing you want to hear from your significant other is, hit the road. That usually means the honeymoon is over. But when Hal's wife Jackie told him to hit the road, that's exactly when the honeymoon began. They sold everything, and we mean everything. Their home, their cars, their collectibles, and all those creature comforts. They bought an RV and left it all behind. Don't you think it would be cool to just sell everything and boldly go where none of your friends have ever gone before? Leave all your worries behind? Well, not so fast. You need to hear this podcast first. When you hit the road, you get a brand new set of challenges, and you need to know how to survive them. Kim's going to be with us to talk to Jackie and Hal in just a moment. And from Commando.com, this is Commando On Demand, where we talk to the industry movers and shakers to keep you up to date on everything digital. You can listen to new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. On this episode, Jackie and Hal share what it's like to get rid of everything and travel around. They've made some really big mistakes over the last couple of years, and they'll share them with you. Plus, of course, everything you need to know about to survive the open road is in this Hal and Jackie podcast. They've shared the ins and outs, the dangers, where to get the best deals, where to meet people, and how to survive the open highway during the downtimes. We've been following their progress, and their latest updates are always the best. By the end of this Commando On Demand podcast, you'll have everything you need to plan your first excursion from the inside out. We're covering all the bases today, folks. Hal and Jackie even found an app that works perfectly for getting from town to town with the least amount of hassle. We'll hear their amazing story in just a moment. But first, we'd like to recognize our partners who help make these Commando On Demand podcasts possible. My life totally changed about five and a half years ago. I walked into the studios, and there she was, just crying in my conference room. And I didn't know exactly what I did, but I was confident that I must have done something because there was the woman who I just loved dearly. And she's been my personal assistant. She's my friend. And to see her crying in the conference room, I knew for sure I probably did something to hurt her feelings. So I reluctantly opened the door, and I sat down, and I looked at Jackie, and I said, okay, whatever I did... I'm sorry. Um, I know I can be brash. I know that I can be insensitive. I know that I'm trying to run this company in too many directions. And if I did something to hurt your feelings, just know that I'm sorry and I'll try my best to never do it again. And Jackie looked up with these big brown eyes and tears going down her face and she said, you didn't do anything. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. What do you mean? I didn't do anything. I mean, why are you crying then? And she looked at me and she said, I'm retiring. And then I started to cry. I mean, oh, my gosh, what would I do without this woman in my life? I mean, how could my life exist? I know it was all about Jackie, but for that moment, it was all about me. Me. What about me, Jackie? And Jackie explained that after a lot of soul searching with her husband, Hal, who I like to call Handsome Hal because he's such a good looking guy. They make such a great couple. That They decided to sell everything. And I mean sell everything. Everything in their home. And they were going to be empty nesters and they were going to live on the road and they were going to live in this RV. And I thought for sure it would last only like a couple of months because how could Jackie and Hal live without me? Okay, again, it was all about me. So here we are five years later. Gosh, time flies. And joining me on this podcast, this Commando On Demand podcast, is we have handsome Hal and wonderful Jackie because it's now, is that right, five years? We headed out um, in the fall of 2015. And so since you've been on the road for five years, we're going to talk about what you've learned and things that you would be doing differently. But at any moment, did you ever sit back and say to yourself, gosh, I wish I went to work every day again every single day? I mean, at any point, did you actually say, Jackie, I miss going to work for Kim Commando every day? The problem is you don't have time to sit around and think about it because, quite frankly, we have been so busy we haven't had time to think about it. (laughs) Busy doing what? Um, Traveling, enjoying life, um, being with family, you know, just uh, spending time. And uh, it's, it's way fun. Okay. So tell us about the bus. How big is the bus? Give us like things that we would, you know, let us try to visualize what the bus looks like. Well, the bus is uh, 45 feet long. Uh, it's eight and a half feet wide. It looks like your um, uh, Greyhound bus, if you will, the big passenger bus. 
The difference is, however, the walls slide out on both sides of the bus, which increases the space on the inside. So um, 45 feet in length. Uh, it's got a big diesel engine in it. Um, too many tires. It's got eight tires on it. Uh, I like that. Too many tires. <laughs> well, you know, they have to be replaced at some point. Okay. And, but let me, let me back up. Okay. So you have 45 feet. You have the slide outs, which quite frankly, five years ago, I didn't know what a slide out was, but now I know what it is. Uh, how many square feet total? Uh, my guess is around 610. Okay. 600, so it's- 610. Okay, so and you went from yes, not, not six thousand and ten. <laughs> it's like a little tiny house on eight wheels. Yes. Okay, and inside the bus you have what? Um, we have a living room. We have a kitchen, full size bathroom, um, and a full size bedroom with a king size bed. Um, Walk in closet in the back of the bus. Um, a cabinet uh, in the rear that holds the washer and dryer. Uh, full-size refrigerator. Wow. I mean, it's just like home. Wow. But you're, you get to take your bus, your home, wherever you want it to go. Wherever we want it to go. The thing that's interesting, Kim, is that the thing that I had to get through, because this was Jackie's idea, right? You knew mm-hmm. that. Yeah. This is Jackie's idea. After I complained about not seeing the kids, she said, let's sell everything and buy a bus. Now, I'm Jackie, going, how did you come up with that idea? I mean, did you just like wait? I mean, I know you're a godly woman. Were you just praying? And like God said, Jackie, there will be a bus. Well, I have a soft heart. So especially when Hal is, you know, I saw him out in the back working in our yard nonstop. He worked all day and then he came home and he worked some more. And with conversations that he missed his family and, you know, and it's not like we could just take off and go to different states to see family. It just didn't work that way with both of us working. So I finally said, well, the only way I could see to resolve this problem is if we bought an RV and we just (laughs) took off. Now, had you ever rented an RV before this? No. Never. I mean, have you, did you see an RV before this? Well, not before this, no. Okay. And so, so Hal, so Jackie comes to you and she says, "I, I have this great idea. She explains it to you. She gives you the best sales pitch ever. And your first thought is? There ain't no way. No, you I said, mean, are, we're you living... are you nuts? Are you nuts? That's when you know when you're like, when you're like, you know, there's true love in the air. When a husband or a wife looks at <laughs> yeah. you, you know, mean, you've got to be crazy. You're, you're living in this big house and you've got a pool and a yard and you've got all these things. And quite frankly, what I struggled with was... How are we going to live in this small space without killing each other, quite frankly? Um, But after thinking about it, obviously one of the first things we did is we jumped on some RV forums out there. How long did it take you to look, though? Well, here's what I had to do to convince myself that I could do this is that every time I did a function, I thought about how much square footage am I actually using to do this function, if you think about it. Oh, that's All right? smart. So that's when smart. I'm sitting there watching TV, how much room am I really taking? And with it took about two months when I finally realized and I said to Jackie, do you know how much space in this house we never use? This is crazy. I like your idea. Let's look into this. You know, I had never heard that before. But it makes sense. I mean, if we all think about in our homes how much space we have, how much space you actually use, which rooms you really enjoy and you go into, you know, the idea of a tiny house really isn't that far-fetched. Not if you could take the tiny house places. With you. (laughs) Okay. So how did you decide on how much square footage that you needed or the length of the bus? And would you have changed that now five years later? Um. The answer to your last question is no, we wouldn't change it. What we did um, was obviously we're on these RV forums now and we're learning from people and we're hearing their stories about what they've done. And then we went out and started shopping and we looked at literally everything, every kind of RV that's out there and trying to figure out what it is that's going to take care of us and what we would need where we were going to go, how we were going to travel, 
I mean, it, initially, we weren't looking at buses. We were looking at these, they call them fifth wheelers, which are huge campers. Mm-hmm. Um, but they need a big truck to haul them. And we thought oh. about one of our destinations is San Francisco. And this big truck in San Francisco, we're not going to mix well. Um, so there were, there were things like that that we went through. We shopped literally for 18 months. And we got to know uh, people that were in the dealerships, especially here locally, um, on a first-name basis. In fact, they would see us come in, and they wouldn't even bother to come out and chase us <laughs> down anymore. It's like, okay, they're just kicking the tires. They ain't never going to exactly buy anything. Right. Because we want, because we would go in the RV. They're going to ask a gazillion questions. <laughs> yeah, no, and we would go, we would literally go in the RV, and we would sit down, and we would just sit for a bit. Just see how it felt. How does this feel? You mm-hmm. know, what does this look like? And what are we going to need? All right. By now, you're probably wondering how much it costs to live like Jackie and Hal. Well, first, you need to be a great negotiator and you have to have a budget. You have to know how to get the best deals on RVs, parts, food, just about everything. So get ready to make a road budget. And we're going to run through the numbers after we acknowledge our sponsors who help make this Commando On Demand podcast possible. Can you believe it's been 30 years since the World Wide Web was invented? And I bet some of you are still using that old, outdated software. Come on, get with the program. Set yourself up for success with new software for your business at Capterra.com. As America's digital pro, I get asked all the time, what's the best software for my business? And I do refer people to Capterra.com. And here's the reason why. Capterra is the leading free online resource to help you find the best software solution for your business and discover what you need to make an informed decision. You can search more than 700 specific categories of software, everything from project management to email marketing to even yoga studio management software. So join millions of people who use Captera each month to find the right tools for their business. Visit captera.com slash Kim today to find the right tools to make 2019 a year for your business. Once again, that address, captera.com slash Kim, C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash Kim. Now, how did you come up with the the budget? And if you don't mind me asking, I'd like to go through a little bit of the numbers. I mean, how much is a how much is the bus? Now, people, I know that you are both people fantastic ha- negotiators. I know that. <laughs> well, yeah, this negotiations on this bus took us uh, almost six months. Wow. By the time we got the deal done. And I can tell you a quick story about that, but at another time to answer your question was it's all over the map. I mean, you have to think about what your budget is going to be, and then you shop accordingly. I mean, a brand new bus. Our bus is a 2003 Oh, it doesn't look that old. Okay. Mm-mm. Now, that bus, when it was brand new, sold for $650,000. Jeez, really? I had right? no idea that they were that expensive. Oh, well, that bus today is over a million dollars. Wow. I mean, they're very, very expensive. Now, obviously, if you're going to do what we're doing, unless you have a bankroll here to play with, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But what you have to do is go out and shop. Mm-hmm. And so we found an older bus that fit our needs. In fact, the quality in some of the older buses are a lot better than they are in the are newer right? ones. Are they are they heavier, though, the older buses? Oh, yes, they are. Okay. They're very, very heavy. But there's some good things and bad things. So shopping is the key and finding what fits your needs. And that has to do with floor plan and all the trinkets. You know, uh, my son just bought a new little shorter bus than ours. But he's into high tech, and so he wanted everything high tech. He wanted to be able to, you know, turn the heater on in his bus when it's in storage in Wisconsin, and he's in Amsterdam. You oh, know, okay. that kind of technology. Because <laughs> right. that's important. Into that. <laughs> you know, you never know. You, might, I, you know, I've been to Amsterdam, and I've sat there, and I said, you know, I wonder how the heat is going on the bus back in Wisconsin, because that's an important consideration. But for us, that was not an issue. So we shopped to fill our needs and to take care of what we needed. And we were able to negotiate our package on the bus, uh, and we bought the trailer to haul our car. And by the time we geared up, um, we were south of 150000 Okay, so the price of a, a decent condo. 
or something like right. that. And, of course, our goal was we're going to sell everything we own, sell the house, and take whatever profits that we have for sure. that, pay for this, let's get debt-free, and here we go. And, you know, and that debt-free part is really important. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's absolutely important. Because, you know, you don't want to be sitting there looking at a payment every month and interest. Uh-huh. And, okay, so, so now you're on the road for five years. And you have the bus. Um, any regrets? Yes, only one. What is that? That we didn't do it sooner. Is that right? Yeah, I would have loved to have started 10 years earlier than mm-hmm. we did. Me too. And just because you guys have are just having such a blast? Yeah, I think, I mean, that covers it pretty much because we are having a good time, right? We are, yeah. It's a very adventurous way to live. Well, that makes me sad because you were with me 10 years. <laughs> yes, I'm just chopped liver over here. <laughs> All right. So looking back, and, and that's what I want us to do. So if somebody's trying to plan this in their life, right, somebody's thinking about doing it. Because you both have gained so much knowledge over the years. This is practical know-how. It's one thing about reading it in a forum. It's another thing going out and actually doing it. And so, you know, starting at the top of the list of things that you wish that you had known then that you know now, what do you think is number one on the list? Storage. Because you don't have a lot of it. No, you don't. And when you're moving out of a house into an RV that's 45 feet long. You have to take into consideration the things that you use every single day. That's what I did. I more or less started pushing things aside that I used every single day. And those are the things that I knew had to fit on that bus. And then things that I'd use maybe once a week, set that aside, that's going on the bus. Maybe something I use once a month, I would consider. Even putting on the bus. Yes. Wow. To try and narrow it way down because... You have to be pretty clever in storage if you're going to be living in it full time. So like the idea of having a 20-piece iron-clad uh, <laughs> no pot and pan set. It's not going to work. So how many pots and pans do you have? Three? Uh, no. I have a lot more than that. Oh, well, that's because you like to cook. Well, we have a basement in the bus, and the basement... Is it's got lots of storage on there. It's big slide-out trays that come out, and each tray has plastic bins, and they're categorized. So I have lots of baking things, such as glass cake pans, wedding cake pans, on and on and on. That's all categorized, and they stay under the bus because I don't use them very often. But if I want them because I like to bake, they're, they're there. They're there for you. Yeah. Which means you also have a full-size oven. No. Oh, you do? I thought you guys did. It's a it's a convect oven. Oh, okay. All right. So My, it is smaller than a regular oven. So I do have a little challenge there when I do cookies and bake a cake. It's a microwave convect. Yeah. Okay. So, but you, but you have a full size refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. And so, uh, do you have like extra like an extra freezer or something like that? Yes. Yes, we have a freezer in the basement also that's on a slide out. I mean, it's so funny to hear, like, the basement in the bus. I mean, you know, it's like, I grew up in New Jersey. We're like, you went to the basement, you know. But, yeah, it was way down, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is a store area below the floor, and uh, the access is with big doors on the outside of the bus all the way up and down both sides. So having the basement and the freezer, that's something, like, you would recommend everybody get. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we have a freezer down there, and we also have an extra cooler down there, which is an electric cooler that we keep beverages in. And so we always have beverages outside, uh, and we store our water and wine. And I, I, I noticed the way you say beverages, you know. <laughs> There's a little bit of everything in there. I mean, uh, Hal, I know you like your beverages. <laughs> and then we have water. Okay? <laughs> That's me. <laughs> but then we have a lot. We have a lot, a lot of beverages. Yes. Yes. So you buy the bus. And have you had to replace anything over the last five years? Just some minor things. Uh, the water pump went out, I think, the second year uh, we were in California. It was easy to uh, get the part from a parts house and crawl up in the basement and pull the old one out and put the new one in. I mean, it was really pretty simple. So you're do. the one doing the repairs? I do some of it, and some of it we have done mm-hmm. out. Now, But you're you're a car guy. Yes. So you know a lot about this stuff. Uh, 
buses are a little different than cars. I mean, you, you've got diesel, which thank gosh we have a, a diesel guy in Jackie's family who helps us out quite a bit. But when you have to do something simple like an oil change, this thing holds 30 quarts of oil. Oh, so geez. you can't just bring out the little pan and say, here we go. You know, it, it just doesn't work. Here you way. go, Jackie. Just shove this under. <laughs> so there are things, yes, that we have to have done. So you mentioned that you have a king-size bed in the bus. Yes. Okay, now, I have to tell our listeners here on the podcast that, okay, Jackie weighs about 100 pounds. Hal probably weighs, I don't know, like 150. So you know, we're not talking about big people that need a big mattress. But you guys wanted a nice mattress. So how did that happen? Well, the buses, all the RVs come with mattresses, obviously. Are they, just, are they like the skinny, and puny mattresses? They're skinny, kind of puny. Obviously, you can upgrade them. You can, when you order a bus, you can order it with all the latest and greatest, but whatever. But ours didn't have that. It had a thin mattress in it, uh, and that was required because as the slides come in, things kind of come together, if you will. Uh-huh. And the bed mattress slides underneath a dresser. cabinet dresser. Oh, wow. Right. Okay. And so it, it goes into the dresser, if you will, eight or ten inches. So we had to find a mattress that would still do that but be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, we ran into a, a guy here in Phoenix who said, no, 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 no. You want a real mattress? I will make you a mattress. Really? So he custom made a big old tall fat king size mattress nice. for us. Nice. But it's, sh- it's cut short. And the shortness, which is about a 10 inch cushion, mm-hmm. he made another cushion for us. That goes in at the head of the bed. And so when we're ready to move, we pull that cushion out, and then the mattress will slide up to the dresser rather than going under it. So he, he did an amazing job, but that allowed us to have a real mattress in it. So let's talk about how much work it is for a second, because you're talking about sliding in, sliding out. You know, the mattress has to go here. So when you pull into an RV park from start to finish – how much time does it take before you're ready to have a beverage? Oh, well. Maybe 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, normally after we've been driving all day, I'm ready for a beverage. As soon, she won't let me have a glass of wine until we stop. Well, I can't really blame her. There's a lot going know. down the road. <laughs> Call her crazy. I know, right? But generally, she'll make sure that I have a glass of wine as soon as we stop. To be set up and ready to go... Uh, within 15, 20 minutes, we're slides we're ready out. to do wherever. Everything. Oh, really? Yeah. The slides are all electronic, and we put the slides out while the airbags are full and the bus is in running condition. We pop the slides out. Um, you simply hit a button, and the air drops out like you see on the buses when mm-hmm. you go on the street. The bus lowers down, and then we've got these jacks that level it and stabilize it. it takes, you know... 10 minutes to do so that. So it's not a big deal. No. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I think a lot of folks would be afraid to at least think about this because it looks like it's a lot of work. I mean, how did you learn how to do all this? Is it just by trial and error? Well, we were very fortunate in the guy that we bought the bus from. We spent a whole day with him, and he went through literally everything. In fact, I had to videotape. There was so much information that he shared with us. Oh, that was good. So it was a little bit overwhelming initially. But then when we broke it down to this is what we do when we arrive, this is what we do when we leave, this is what we do when we have to do this or that, and broke it down, then it didn't become you know anything really that bad. Or on the departure side, when we get ready to go, Jackie sat down and we together made up a checklist and we well, go she's through so the organized. Check- That's good. Yeah. You know, and so we had a checklist so that we didn't forget anything, which we've done. Would um, you forget? You know, uh, the TV antenna, you know, it's got to come down. What's, you know? what's the major thing you forgot one time? Well, was- I forgot to put air in the bags <laughs> and it was a little <laughs> bit of a rough ride. I don't, I don't think they know what that is. Well, the bus rides on airbags instead okay. of springs. So it's an air ride, I if see. you will, if that might help in the understanding. And when you pull the uh, jacks up, um, you have to hit the button twice with the motor running, and it will fill those bags up so you're nice, cushy ride. Well, 
um, I didn't push the second time, and we just jumped in and started driving, and we found out really fast that we didn't have air in the bags, and the ride was very rough. <laughs> we, only, we, <laughs> we only flew out of our seats about five feet. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you hit the <laughs> first awful. bridge transition, and you know for sure, I have no suspension here. <laughs> it was bump, awful. Bump, bump. Things like yeah. clanking in the cabinets. And but everything. that was the first year, so we learned... And Wasn't, was there a story about awnings? <laughs> yes, there is a story about awnings. Well, you tell the story. Well, you simply forgot, <laughs> forgot to put it in, and somebody yelled at you as you're going through the park with the awning out. <laughs> That's pretty simple. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad we have a checklist now. Yeah. Well, we have a checklist, and I'm, I'm really faithful about doing walk-arounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had a couple of situations where I have found things as we're getting ready to go that – we shouldn't go until it's fixed. Well, you know, it's like an airplane. Right? I mean, you, you talk yeah. about things that you wish you'd have known way back when. Stupid things like tire pressure. Uh, tire pressures are got to be up and everything's got to be set to go. We have a trailer that we haul our car in. And the note on the tires on that trailer says you have to have 80 pounds of air in these tires. Well, we got to a park one evening and found out that we had thrown a tread off of one of those tires. And that happened to us actually three times in one year. And when we got back here to Phoenix, the guy that where we stay here in Phoenix, he's a dealer in old cars. And so he travels all over the country with a trailer hauling cars. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, 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 no. You don't need to put all that air in those tires. Put the amount of air that you need for the weight that you have. And I happen to have a calculator because that's what we do on the bus as well. And so those are simple little things that you learn about as you go through time. You know, you go out and do this and, yeah, sometimes you skin your knee before you learn it, but you do pick up things along the way. Okay, so you have the 45-foot bus. How, how many feet is the trailer? Um, it's 25 feet. Whoa. That's a long, that's a big trailer. Yes, we're 70 feet going down the road. Now, do you have a camera on the back of the trailer? No. GMC, on a side note, I just think this technology is amazing. Uh, GMC in their 2020 truck is that if you have a trailer, when you're hauling a trailer, on your screen, you can see what's behind the trailer. And so you don't have that blind spot of the trailer anymore. Are you pretty good at driving it now? Well, uh, as good as you can be. I mean... That's a lot of rig, but it you, is. you learn. You learn. You I take... think you're an expert at this point because driving over the Bay Bridge in San Francisco during rush hour. Oh, gosh, um, really? That's tricky. And L.A. during rush Oh, rush L.A. Hour. had to be a nightmare. How do you change lanes? Just move? We're so, coming through, baby. <laughs> we're, coming. <laughs> we're coming through. Oh, no, you learn your mirrors. You, you learn your limitations. I mean... You, you take your time and you learn as you go, you know, and you just get better and better at it. There's a big difference between a short visit and an extended stay. Hal and Jackie are traveling pros, and they have great tips on how to find the best places to go and the best ways to get there. We'll get to all that in just a moment. First of all, we'd like to recognize our partners who help make these Commando On Demand podcasts possible. find the best park to go to that's you my girl i use apps like the major one that i like to use a lot is koas because the koa campgrounds are consistent usually on how nice they are and the amenities that they have but we have uh, the good sam that we use too because they have when you go on the good sam website it helps you plan a trip it tells you how much fuel you're going to use how much it's going to cost you to, to make that you trip. Know, that's, that's all good stuff. It yeah. really is, and it also gives you all the campsites that they recognize on your planned route. When, when you're looking at a park, what are some amenities that are really important to you? I mean, I wouldn't know a good park from a bad park. I'd be like, oh, that sign looks nice, but what am I really looking for on the inside? Well, you know, we, we look at a lot of different things. It depends on what we're doing. If we're just doing an overnight, we just want a nice, safe, clean mm-hmm off the highway enough so you can sleep, park, right? Mm -hmm. If we're going to stay a couple of days or a little bit of time, then there might be a few other things 
there are so many resorts out there these days. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Are, you use the word resort as if oh, they're truly resorts? They are truly <laughs> RV resorts, and they are absolutely amazing. They're, they're absolutely beautiful. But it comes with a price tag. And so they're out there and available for those that want to use those. Now, what's the difference in the price? I mean, I, I know it's probably like a hotel, right? I mean, exactly. you've got all different types of hotels. But just on a – just an average, say if I were to stay like at a place by the freeway versus – I am i don't know if this is a resort. But every time I see the pictures from you guys in Santa Cruz, I'm ready to buy a bus because it is so beautiful. Well, in that park in California – it's a very nice park. It's certainly not a resort by any means. It's still pretty hardcore camping. When you talk about price of campgrounds, it varies so dramatically from one part of the country to another. For example, in California, you know, it's not unusual for you to spend twelve or $1,500 a month uh, or um, 150 to $200 a night wow. for um, – just an average RV park, just a place to really. It's plug that in. much. Wow! But in other parts of the country, uh, in the Midwest, for example, you can find we have a really nice park that we love up in Iowa, and uh, you know it's about forty bucks a night. You know, so it's a it's a big vast difference. So now, are you still working at the park sometimes? Yes, absolutely. Tell everybody how that works. Well, basically, they have openings, if you will, uh, that they offer to people who come in and camp there. Um, and you trade you trade the time that you put in to do that work, whatever that is, for your campsite. Some campgrounds will even pay you a little bit of a salary as well. Oh, that's cool. Um, for me, it's I cannot sit still. I cannot no, you can't. not work. Um, we spend our summers in Wisconsin, and we have Oh, my gosh, a wonderful time in Wisconsin. But I don't work there. And there are times during the week where, you know, I'm gonna, I'm fixing to pull my hair out here because <laughs> I'm just stomping my foot. I need something to do. And you don't have that much hair left. Thank you. Ooh. I appreciate that. A bazing. So what was the best job you had? Oh, the best job I had, I, I like them all. Okay, I got to tell you that. I like them all. But the best one I had was our first year in Colorado which was the first part of our first tour. Um, I went to work there, and I did landscaping stuff. I mowed, sat on a big old lawnmower and mowed <laughs> lawns and uh, blew out uh, leaves and, and just light, you know, light landscaping work. But it was also required that we carry a radio, and as guests would check in, you had to go up to the front of the park and escort these units into their parking spot yeah, probably, and help yeah. them get them set up. Not every park does that. But at that park, you did. To me, that was the bomb because we got to meet so many people. And it was just so great meeting all these people and helping them get set up in the park. And they may only be in there a day or two, but you got to know everybody. And it, that, to me, was fun. So and and speaking of people, what kind of people do you run into? Or is it is it pe- folks like you that are retired primarily, or uh, tell us a little bit about the folks in the parks that you meet? I would say most of them are retired. However, we have run recently, especially in California, have run into people that are there because they're working a contract job somewhere, and it's a short term, maybe a couple months. But mostly it's retired, I'd say. Mostly it's retired, but it's all over the map. It's it's like anything else. It's all in Colorado, the park we stay in up there. Half of that park are what they call full timers. They're living in RVs, but they're there month to month. And those guys, uh, most of them in the oil industry, uh, and so the, you know these guys are uh, blue collar workers and their families and six dogs and you know it's a real hoot sometimes. Have you run into any families, for example? Like, you know, if you look at the Instagram stars, it's like the bucket list family where, you know, the millennials, so to speak, is that they sell everything. They load the kids up and they say, you know, we're going to just live off of our means. We're not going to have a home. We're just going to tour the entire country, tour the entire world. Uh, Just this past week, I got a, a phone call on the show from a couple in their 30s who they're selling everything and they're going to go buy a sailboat and take the kids 
around the world. Have you run into any of that? Because it seems to be a trend online. I'm just wondering if you have seen that yourself. We haven't mm-hmm. too much. I mean, you run into some of the millennials or younger folks mm-hmm. out there, uh, but not really – not too much of what you're talking about. Okay, so now when you go to a park, do you have to make a reservation or do you just like show up? We usually make a reservation about two hours before we want to land somewhere. Oh, really? We never make a reservation because what if there's something you want to see on the way or there's a better place that looks really nice where you can park for the night? Because once you make the reservation, you usually pay for it and you don't want to lose the money. So, so you don't want that stress, that no, level of commitment. It is a, right. It is a level well, of commitment. Well, and that's funny. One of the things that uh, that we talked about was wish we knew now what we knew then. Right after we bought the bus, my son, who also has an RV and travels a lot, said, Dad, don't you guys ever make reservations in the, in advance? And so our first trip out, when we were on our way on our first time out of Arizona, we made reservations a day or two before up in Utah. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we got there really, really late because we didn't know how long it was going to take because we're just new. and. <laughs> we get there really late at night. We woke up the next morning and, oh, my gosh, we're in this beautiful place. Oh, because like, you couldn't see it because it was dark. You couldn't see it at night, right? And so we get in there and it's just absolutely gorgeous. Oh, but we have a reservation now for that night in Colorado. Oh. And it's like, oh, why can't we stay and do this? Well, we'd lose our deposit and blah, 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 blah. You know how that works. Right. So from then on, we said no. Mm-hmm. So the rule is now – when I start to get tired, she uh, gets on her on her phone and away she goes and she finds it's a place to shut it down. So how many hours before you get tired when you're driving the bus? We try to, we try to do four and a half, five hours a day. Well, that's a pretty good Now, clip. sometimes we'll go a little bit longer, but there's other times we won't go that mm-hmm. long. But that's kind of our rule of thumb is that four and a half, five hours, that way you can get to a place, you can get set up, you can have a nice dinner. You can relax a little bit and get a good night's sleep, and then you're ready to go the next day, and you don't wear yourself out traveling. We love to travel. That's the our favorite thing to do, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. So I understand that you also you have a smoker grill. You really are taking, like, this camping thing, like, to a whole new level. I mean, because I think a lot of people that don't realize is that if we're going to go RVing, I mean, we still can have the conveniences of home. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, we obviously when we started out, we had a charcoal grill. You have to understand our bus is all electric, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, most RVs have uh, LP gas on board or propane on board. We don't have propane on board because of we felt safety issues. So, so when we started out, we had a charcoal cooker and, you know, we did burgers and whenever we stopped to camp or whatever – um, our son turned us on to a smoker grill and it uses little wood chips and it's electric. Okay. And so that fit our requirement a little bit better than the charcoal and or gas since we don't have gas. Plus um, the legs fold up. Plus I can fold it up and put it on one of the slides and down the road we go. <laughs> so and cool. we have expanded that now this year, uh, Jackie, if you want to talk a little bit about your new kitchen that you've got outdoors. Well, the side of our bus has a huge awning that's 24 feet by 10 feet, and we enjoy being outside a lot. Excuse me. Is that the awning that was left open? No. Oh, okay. All right. (laughs) Good thing. That's a big awning going down the road. (laughs) And so we enjoy being outside a lot. And we decided, well, if we're out here so much, instead of me running in and out of the bus, so many times for food and snacks and on and on and on. Let's just set up a kitchen outside. Well, we talked about it, but we never really did anything about it. And then we went camping with one of our kids, and they had an outdoor kitchen. And I was watching how organized that was and how wonderful it was because they didn't have to go running in for much of anything. Hell noticed the same thing. So we decided we were going to put a kitchen. So we have a camping kitchen outside which uh, it holds lanterns at night if you need light to cook by. We have our, our Traeg, can I say a name brand? Traeger sure. Smoker Grill there next to it. And we have um, a cooktop out there as well. Wow. 
So we can, for example, last night we had steak on the grill. Oh. So I was able to cook on the cooktop to sear the steaks and just lit the whole thing in the Traeger grill right next to it. And, you know, we sat there and enjoyed the evening. And How nice. It was all organized and everything outside. You know, you talk about eating. Well, there's also pooping. What happens? <laughs> I mean, you know, this is something that people don't like to really talk about. But I've, you know, how does that all, where does it all go? <laughs> Well, and you're right. That's something that you do have to think about. All of the units out there have storage tanks. Okay. You have a separate storage tank for the bathroom, for the toilet. <laughs> I don't know how you word that. Black, um, black tank. Black tank. We call oh. it a black tank. And then you have the water that comes from the shower in your okay. kitchen sink, uh, the sinks in your bathroom. Uh, we call that gray water. Okay. And then, of course, you have your fresh water. Okay. And so each of those tanks are separate, um, and they all have uh, gauges on them generally. And so you can tell how much you have, whether full or empty. And like when we're setting down somewhere, we're hooked up to a sewer with a oh with okay a, that's a not line, bad all right right and we can dump those uh, whenever we need to. And uh, one of the mistakes that we made early on was that I thought. I got a sewer line. I'm just going to open the tanks and just let it do its thing like you would in a house. But it doesn't work too well because you'll get smell coming up out of the sewer. Ooh. And so you learn real quick that you have to close the tanks and <laughs> uh, do like you do when you're camping. I mean, I, and that's what you do. You know, otherwise, you, you know, Jackie looked at you and went, Hal, knock it off. <laughs> Come on, Hal. <laughs> and, Go to your room. And we've had, and we've had our situations where – Especially the gray tank. The, the black tank is not so bad. You do, you reuse know, the, do you reuse the gray water or no? No. Okay. When we forget to dump our gray tank, and that's the one we're usually famous for, uh, it'll back up into the shower first Ooh. that tells us your tank is full. <laughs> um, but even that gray water can get a little stinky at times. So there are occasions when I walk in the house and Jackie says, Ow! <laughs> Got a little stinky going on here. So – how much water does does the fresh water hold? I mean, how many gallons does the fresh water? Our take fresh out? water holds eighty gallons. Our gray tank holds sixty gallons, and our black tank holds forty gallons. And so, obviously, you need to keep track of the limits. Yes. Are there sensors that send alerts to your phone? No, <laughs> we're not quite that advanced. My son's bus does that. Yes, mm-hmm. um, he's the latest and greatest, but ours does not. It has sensors in it, and there are gauges in the back of the bus that you can go check and, and make sure that uh, – and, and people need to check those. I mean, you need to make sure that before you go out that your tanks are empty, uh, your fresh water is full. I mean, there's nothing worse than getting out there and you don't have fresh water to flush the toilet, for crying out loud, if nothing else. Um, so, yeah. All right. I know you're both eternal optimists, you know, ponies, unicorns, and flowers, right? What has been like the worst experience ever? I mean like where you guys were really kind of stressed out and you were thinking – I mean or, or maybe it never happened. I mean was there a point where you're just like really stressed out and you're trying to figure out – you know, you had to take that deep breath. You had to regroup and say, OK, we're going to fix this and we're going to keep going. No? I can't say of one. Gosh, I was hoping there was something because, I mean, I it sounds so good. There's got to be a downside somewhere. I, I'd say for myself, the only time that I can think of that I was like white knuckle grip over something was when we were in rush hour traffic in L.A. and learning not to be in those areas at the wrong time of day or going across the Bay Bridge during rush hour. Or we've had some chilling uh, in construction areas where the oh. road – the roads narrow up, yeah. and and I just blindly follow the truck in front of me at whatever speed he's doing and pray a lot. <laughs> Vaseline <laughs> along the sides. <laughs> yeah, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. But, I, you know, I, re- I really can't think of anything. I, I think occasionally Jackie will get a little frustrated when she's uh, doing a baking project, for example. Mm-hmm. 
uh, because she is limited a little bit on space. Well, and you have to understand, I mean, for our listeners, is that, you know, my idea of baking is to go into the pantry and get the banana bread baking mix and some oil and water and some mashed bananas, and then I make banana bread. Okay, Miss Jackie, on the other hand, she will, like, make this amazing cake, which I'll never forget, the cake that you made for Ian for his birthday, uh, when I think he was five or six, mm-hmm. and it was this sheet cake that looked like a Hot Wheels track, and it was so beautiful, and it was so great. She had real Hot Wheels on it, and happy birthday, and all that stuff, that the the kids were coming over, and they thought that this was a real car track, and then you know, and then I dive in, like you know, in the demure way that I have, saying, "What are you doing? Don't touch that cake! It's not a race track." So when you bake, it's a lot different. It is. It takes a lot of planning because I use a lot of pans if I'm doing a big cake. Like I have a wedding cake in San Francisco that I'm going to be doing. So I usually bring out the folding wooden tables and set it up and give myself extra counter space or whatever you want to call Which it. Which I'll tell you. So you made us Christmas cookies. Mm-hmm. And I uh, can't tell you how many people came over and I put them out on a tray. And people, where did you buy those cookies? I mean, even, you know, so Ian comes up and, and he says, where'd you get those cookies? Did you buy them at AJ's? I'm like, no, Miss Jackie made them. And Ian's like, she did not. <laughs> and I said, Ian, Miss Jackie made the cookies. And he's like, no, they're all perfect. Look, at <laughs> he's like holding it up and he's like tilting it. It's like perfect. I said, she made the cookies. And then, you know, he didn't believe me until Barry really? came in and because, you know, I'm, he's used to me playing jokes on him. And so then he said to Barry, you know, mom says that Miss Jackie made the cookies. Is she pulling my leg? And Barry's like, no, not at all. <laughs> I mean, you know, she really made the cookies. Just amazing stuff. You know, one time when we did one of these podcasts, I'll never forget, is that it was really sweet when you guys talked about your relationship and how it's changed from when you were working 40, 50 hours a week and life was stressful and but there were times when you needed a break, so to speak going back and forth to work. and There was a lot going on. How has your relationship changed over the last five years? It's pretty amazing. I mean, I'm traveling with my best friend, and we love spending time together, don't we? Yep. I mean, we love being together, and it's something that we're doing together. We participate in so many things together, right. living in a bus that you wouldn't ordinarily do. He's not out mowing the lawn or anything. <laughs> we're setting up our kitchen outside, or we're talking about some other idea that we might have to make it more fun, more comfortable, more challenging maybe. <laughs> but uh, just traveling together and being able to see the sights and, and talking back and forth, it really does make a difference. It's a lot closer relationship that we have than when we were both minds were in our jobs. So do you love each other more now? Absolutely. <laughs> do you argue less now? Oh, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean, because every relationship goes through like those, you know. Well, I mean, when you're negotiating, you never always are on the same page. So, um, you know, we we still have our situations where we don't agree on something. Sure. But we're able to handle it a whole lot better than we used to. That's what I was going to say. The technique that we use to handle that is different. Yeah. Our communication skills from the get-go have never been the greatest. But uh, (laughs) we have learned how that has evolved, and it's absolutely it's so so you, you've done it five years. Are you on board for another five? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, when yeah. are you going to say that's enough? When, when is it, it going to be over, do you think? For me, it's going to be over when they carry my happy butt off the bus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. When it's like, I don't know if I can drive anymore. No, I'm going to be done. I'll, uh, even if I have to stay in a place, uh, we'll be in the bus. Oh, that's so nice. I mean, I, I just love it. The great thing about it. Is that, you know, people are always concerned about the closeness you have, uh, as Jackie's talking about. We're together all the time. Correct. You know, very, very seldom are we not. And, you know, if you need a break, there's enough room in the bus where one can go to the bedroom and close the door and watch TV. And the other one can be in the living room and watch the TV. Or you go out. I spend a lot of time out on the Mm -hmm. patio. I love sitting out on the patio. I always have, though, even when we had the house. And I spend a lot of time out there. So that gives us a little separation. And uh, you can have your alone time if you, if you mm-hmm. want it. That doesn't happen too often with us. Mm-hmm. But Okay. So we have to tell everybody about the Rusty's Fur. 
Okay. The Rusty Spur is a dive bar in – would you call it a dive bar? A, it's a dive bar. OK. In, in downtown Scottsdale. And Barry and I have had this uh, tradition just around Christmas every year. We take the old truck, the 1946 truck, uh, to the dive bar where we have a Christmas glass of wine and beer. Now, the wine that they serve at the Rusty Spur is superb. I mean it's this little tiny bottle with a screw top. <laughs> Vintage 2018. OK. Or maybe last week, whichever one was closer. And then there's the lonely guitarist playing sad songs around Christmas and playing Johnny Cash getting out of prison. You know, and nothing says Christmas like that. So just as a joke, I said to, to Hal – Go ask him if he knows Prince, Little Red Corvette. <laughs> Hal marches up there, comes back and says, uh, he said he doesn't know it. <laughs> he did have great. a sense of humor, though. You got to admit, it was fun. But it's, so it's nice that you can have these experiences with people that you love all mm -hmm. over the country. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and at the end of the day, what are we all doing this for? Right. Well, and the other thing, too, is all the people that we've – come across that have said, I'm going to do that someday, or I wish we could do that someday. They should do it. I mean, it's not well, that at difficult. Least try it. At least try it. it try it. What's to, your, to, to one of your earliest questions, did you ever rent one? I mean, rent one for a couple of weeks and go out and have some fun with it. Now, we want to be clear. When we talk about hitting the open road, we're not saying that you should ditch your responsibilities or your family and friends. Road life may sound good at first, but loneliness on the road can be very tricky. And you've heard all those songs about being lonely and on the road, so they're true. And isolation is a killer. So if you are headed out by yourself, join a group of singles that are traveling and make some friends. Keep connected because human connection is why we're alive. It keeps us going. And if you happen to be alone and hurting... Our hearts go out to you. And if you've got something valuable out of this podcast, don't hide it. Share it. Sharing is one of the ways that we help each other. And you never know whose life will be changed just by sharing this podcast. If you want even more content, get it now by becoming an exclusive Kim's Club member. It's basically an all-access pass to everything we produce on Commando.com. And if you're already a member, thank you for partnering with us. And thanks again for listening to this Commando On Demand podcast. 